Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. I'm your co-host Pierre. And I'm your co-host Key. We're in season four, episode 21. Ooh, that's big. <laughs> Let's go. It is big. As we're evolving each episode, please do keep in mind that we have a couple more episodes left for season four. So you definitely want to follow us on this journey. Yeah, run through the tape with us. <laughs> <laughs> Mess. So now we're going to get into it. So there's a video that's been going around on YouTube and Facebook. It went viral. A man by the name of Randall Manoy was pulled over by a police officer on September 6th. Randall recorded the incident. Roll the clip. With nobody behind me. Big fucking crime, right? Big crime. A crime enough for you to come with your fucking gun pulled out. Right? Right? That, that's big enough of a, a turn signal not made is a big enough of a crime for you to feel like you need to take out your service pistol. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. That's what's up. <laughs> Probably see yourself on the internet. Fucking prick shit. That's prick shit, bruh. Okay. That's prick shit. You see, if you just came to the car and did your regular routine, I wouldn't have had no issue. I turned around to a fucking gun pointed in my face. Do, do you feel empowered now that you point you pointed your gun at me? Do you feel empowered? You feel empowered, don't you? Right? What happened? They fucked you up in school. They used to beat you up. You didn't get pussy in school. What made you feel bold to do that? I don't. I don't. And I know it's an individual. Not every cop is fucked up. But when I hear something fucked up happen to a cop, I'll be like, eh, he probably had it fucking coming. Because the motherfuckers like you. Good cops get fucked up raps because of people like you. You came to the car with your gun out. For what? In the aftermath of the incident, Randall conducted an interview with Ebony Magazine. And he stated, even though I don't trust the police, I don't forget the fact that they are public servants and not a local thug on the street. He also stated that with him starting off with a gun pointed to him when he holstered it, I felt like it would be smart to record the situation. And it's very valid that he did record it because oftentimes these incidents happen and if it's whether it's recorded or not, people still don't believe it happened because even these recordings, we see it, we know what time it is, but other people who are like slightly in denial about the police enforcement and how they conduct themselves may think may be indifferent to it. Yeah, it it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, the video, I was very like shocked by it, and I I was to be frank, the fact that the way he was addressing the officer, I was scared. Like I just like this could escalate very quickly. I've never person like go so hard against the police officer without the police officer saying anything. Like, what were your thoughts on the video? It was everything to me. Um, I think the entire traffic stop, it just gave me life. I was like, yes, <laughs> tell him the business. Like, he read him to felt. Now, that's what you call a read. And people wonder why black people are out here protesting and, and NFL players are nailing. If you are still in denial about all these great police officers, um, if you are still in denial about how great all these cops are, when in fact there are some spoiled apples among the bunch, then you miss, then miss me with the bullshit. And for the black people who think all lives matter, I hope you remain in the sunken place on the auction block. I'm not throwing no shade. I'm just keeping it 100. Because this it was very telling as to what's going on. And the cop just stood there because he had nothing else to say. Like, how do you pull a gun on somebody for a freaking 
turn signal. Like, it's that serious. And in the video, he said, I'm a father. Yeah. So what would have happened would have been an accident. You still would have had a job. And then what? Yeah, I, I think even the officer in this situation kind of just standing there letting him speak his mind. And he wasn't saying anything. So I felt like he knew in his mind he was in the wrong in the way he was handling that situation. And yeah, that was just, again, I was just shocked more than anything. I was just watching the video like, are you kidding me? How is he talking to the officer like that? And the dude is literally just standing there like a like a kid who just got caught going into the cookie jar and just is just taking the reprimanding. Um, yeah, I thought I was dead ass. I was like, this cop is about to kill this dude. Like, I was just like, how did he survive that whole entire encounter? Like, he survived him pointing his gun at him over the turn signal. And he survived him talking to the cop like that. I mean, I give him much respect. And I was like, yes. And I heard a little accent in his voice. I was like, is he Jamaican? Because <laughs> only my people get that hood. But now to keep it real, though, I really like, I was like, wow. At a time with what's going on now, when we still talk about police brutality. And the reality is, like, as much as we may look at it, and to me, he's a hero. I'm not going to lie. I was just like, that's a bold move to make. And I think at a time where we're at now, it's like he could have easily lost his life. Yeah. It would have been another hashtag. You know, it would have been another say his name and another Black Lives Matter. It would have been another protest. And I just think it's very important that we be mindful of what's going on. And I just felt like what he said was just necessary. I'm not sure if he's going to become you know, famous off of this, if down the road people are going to, like, you know, have him go to events or whatever the case may be because it's, it went viral and it was big. I'm, I seen another person tweet, like, he's my hero. Like, the fact that he was bold enough to say that and make a statement and all the cop could do was stand there and say, okay, because what else can you do? All he's saying is facts. Yeah, 100% true. But the only thing, I'm a little nervous because I just, I'm scared that other people may follow suit and situation might not end off the same way just because I, I definitely think he was 100% right in what he was saying but the way he was just coming at him I just felt like thank God in this situation the officer wasn't reciprocating that anger and just back towards him but I could see something like that potentially escalating in another situation and I guess that's just I, that's I guess the pacifist in me just who, who wants to see these situations end differently, but just, I I don't know, I get nervous. I don't know, I don't think people are going to follow suit and be like, all right, let me go on the street and say this. I mean, I would hope not, because not every cop is going to react that way. So, <laughs> I just keep it 100. As we've seen with these past encounters, you sneeze, they shoot you. So, I wouldn't even go that far to like, I don't know if people will follow suit, but... I really hope that it shines a light as to what's going on and then people could see it from our perspective and our standpoint and how we feel because everything he said was very valid. And one thing I really liked that he stood out about was like, he said, you know, we root for good cops. We, we understand we're good, but people like you mess it up. And that's why I say the bad apples out of the bunch. Let me reiterate, I don't think all cops are bad because I don't want people listening to this episode and want to run off and making their own interpretations. I didn't say that. I do believe there are really good cops out there that serve the community and they're not being selective as to who they're going to protect and who they're going to serve based off a of demographic. I think they actually go out there, they do their due diligence. But when you have people like the cop in this video that's pointing a gun over a turn signal, it's like, is it that deep? Because if he was a white man, would you have pulled your gun out? Let's keep it 100. Probably not. So, like, I really hope that, to conclude, I just hope that no one follows suit. And 
I think that this conversation needs to continue. And I hope that cops are watching this video, like, take it away something from it. Like, okay, I get it. Something. Because this can't just fall on deaf ears. And for people like me and you who are woke, we get it. Mm -hmm. I don't know about everybody else that's sleeping. Like, they need to watch it. They need to pay attention <laughs> to what's going on. So since we're in the context of police brutality and talking about the sunken place and speaking of nailing, um, so this past Sunday, according to CNN... After the um, morning game in London and afternoon games, players from several teams, including the New England Patriots, Jacksonville um, Jaguars, Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, and the Miami Dolphins, were nailing during the national anthem. Yeah, that was really big. Like I was not expecting like the whole crew of them or like different teams actually participating in it. And also speaking of actually, the Baltimore Ravens even took a knee. And Ray Lewis participated as well, which is really interesting, by the way. Because <laughs> he did not, he didn't kneel on just one knee. He kneeled on like two of them joints. Like, he was look, he was praying for forgiveness, bruh. Like, I was like, this hot ass mess. Like, get up. You know, and speaking of get up, um, I just want to give a special shout out to my friend Jesse Ray. Um, she wrote a really good piece on Loud Genius titled, We Don't Want Nor Need Your Knee. Um, she definitely highlighted some valid points pertaining to Ray Sellout Lewis. That's what I call him. Um, he wasn't th he wasn't thinking about nailing when he met with Trump and praised Trump for choosing Ben Carson as a lead of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Keep in mind, this is the same Ben Carson that was saying that um, slaves were immigrants. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And Ray Lewis even condemned the protests originally, and he critiqued the hell out of Colin Kaepernick. Um, but now he wants to nail with both knees. So in the words of Jesse Ray, stand up. We don't want nor need your knee. What do you thought about all of that? <sighs> Damn. First of all, I, I felt like with Ray Lewis, everything that was going on, I hate to jump to conclusion without having all the information. But... What you what you waiting on? <laughs> what you waiting on? I don't I, I don't know what the conversation was in the locker room between Ray Lewis and the owner. I don't know if they were really potentially in conversations about getting Kaepernick on the team, and then they use that uh, the Instagram post by sorry the Twitter post by Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend as a as a way to basically backing out on bringing Kaepernick on board. And he definitely was, he definitely was um, critiquing the protest beforehand. So it does seem hypocritical now that like it's big and everybody seems to be doing it. He's like getting on the bandwagon, and then he literally took it another step. He he was on two knees, having people hold him up. Like he was doing the most, he bro. Definitely with the was, shades on. He I definitely was, like, bro. was. He definitely was doing the most, but I don't know. I I think. To be honest, I, I think people can get scared to stand up for what they really believe in. Because me personally, I've dealt with um, situations with like racism and and I've heard things of people having conversations like that are like political and they're giving their opinions about presidents or policies. And I kind of kept my mouth shut about the whole thing because I personally was too scared to just just stir the pot and just get yeah. my opinion out there and have people disagree with me. So I don't know where Ray Lewis was coming from when he was saying all these things, but he definitely just switched it 
went completely 180 on his stance and then took it to the next level and double kneed. So, I mean, I just don't feel like I feel like with him it wasn't genuine. I feel like because his actions leading up to all that, I was very like, okay, you are clearly indifferent. Yeah. You're clearly in a sunken place. Like to me, I just did not. I just felt like his what he did was not genuine, and it makes me question. All right, you you took a knee or two or whatever. What's your next step after that? Like you know what I'm saying? Like I just to me when I seen all that, I was like, you're doing too much. You're doing it for show. Like now you want acceptance for what you're doing. Like it's a little too late. Like you should have been doing that from the gate. And then the fact that you was critiquing Colin Kaepernick and you played a huge part in that. Like it's like it's a little too late for you to be kneeling right now. Appreciate the little bit of effort you've given, but you can stand up, bro. We don't we don't need your knees. I was actually shocked when I seen the picture online. I'm like, he really is on two knees right now. It's like, he basically doubled down. Like, listen, I'm all in. Not one knee, two knees in. I, I thought, I honestly, I laughed when I seen the picture and, and saw the article by Jesse. It was, it was intriguing, to say the least. But I'm happy overall that there's getting movement on this because at the end of the day but you got to be mindful of the movement because a lot of this happened like all these teams coming together after what took place friday right um i'm sure you're going to speak to that shortly but a lot of it it was a result of that situation so it makes you question if that didn't happen would it have happened anyway so can you please speak on what happened on friday prior to the game so on friday during a rally in alabama for republican senator luther strange the Donald felt the need to mention the NFL kneeling protest in his speech. And he quoted saying, wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? I I was disgusted when I heard that. I felt like he had more to say about people doing peaceful protests at their job more than neo-Nazis and white supremacists. With their tiki torches, like, speak and on shield. it. And it, shield. Many sides. Like, bruh. It, it, that, it, that literally blew my mind when I heard about it because I'm just like, this doesn't even make any sense. Like, I don't I don't get the logic or the, the thought process because you go, you can't, you can't speak out against blatant bigotry and hatred and violence, but you're condemning people and advocating them for, to lose their jobs because they did a silent protest and kneeled. Um, like, he took it to a whole other level and was disrespectful and basically calling their mothers bitches. Yeah. When you think about it, you kind of decipher what he said. That's essentially what he's saying. Yeah. Like, how can you have a wife... And you have a, you have daughters, several yeah. of them, with different baby mothers. But we're not going to get into that. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. But it's like, for you to sit up here and make that comment, it's like, are you serious? Like, since when the flag... And it's not even about the flag, bro. It's more than that. That he's missing the entire point. Yeah. And he has so much to say about that, but he ain't got nothing to say about what's going on in Puerto Rico. The hurricane. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> great at distractions. What? Like, he's great at just saying something to just get people's attention off of one topic and put it onto what he wants. And he, so he wasn't only attacking the NFL. He also was going after the NBA, where Trump essentially withdrew his invitation to Steph Curry from coming to the White House, 
even though Steph Curry was the one who said in an interview that he would not be attending any White House trips if they were if the Golden State Warriors were actually invited. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was pretty hilarious that Steph Curry said I'm not going and then Trump came out and said you can't come. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he literally right. said he wasn't going. <laughs> he wasn't going anyway. So I feel like he just wants to have the last word or the last tweet. It's like get over your entire self. Exactly. That that's the kind of president that we have that he needs to get the last word in. It's like it it's but what I did like in regards to that was that the other players that came to Steph Curry's defense, even LeBron James, and people know if you watch Ball Warriors and Cavs, they got their little rivalry or whatever. But outside of that, it's like you clearly can see there's some level of respect. And LeBron, to me, I was like one of the best tweets I've um, seen. He was like, you bum. <laughs> Steph already said he ain't going. So therefore, ain't no invite. Going to the White House was a great honor until, uh, honor until you showed up. That's deep. And it's real. Like, people actually look forward to especially when Obama was in office. They was looking forward to going. Now some of them ain't even going. They don't even want to be near him. So the fact that you could come out your face and make a comment like that, and even also, I really like um, Chris Paul's tweet when he basically said, like, with everything that's going on in our country, why are you focused on who's nailing and visiting the White House? Hashtag stay in your lane. Also, and I doubt he's man enough to call any of those players a son of a bitch to their faces. Like, he took it to the streets, Thanks. bruh. That's what I like. I was like, okay, you cute. But he's true, though. Like, you would have never said any of that to their faces. Yeah. So why crazy. you felt the need to go up there and say all of that and kind of... He could have made a political statement if that's what it is and he's so concerned about it. But it could have been some level of respect. And it, where it's like, all right, I don't agree with you, but the way you said it, all right, it's understandable. The way he did it, it's like people lost all respect for him. And the reason why we mentioned that, to bring it back, is that's what led to most of the players on Sunday actually yeah. nailing because of that comment. And that's why I say, to go back to my original question, do you think they would have nailed if he didn't make that comment? Um, Probably not. I think there might have been more players starting to kneel because there have been players around the league kneeling already. Mm-hmm. But he basically just made it easier because it's like, if you're going to literally just sit there and just watch see what everything he's doing all the things he's saying and not do anything like he it would be ridiculous in my opinion he basically made it easy to take action now it's like i feel like it's getting to the point where now if you're not kneeling you're just like what side are you on <laughs> no it's true yeah it really is and it's like i don't know with the whole kneeling aspect of what they did sunday just it really kind of brought a lot of things to the forefront and i not only was there celebrities involved in it too, I feel like celebrities are always involved in, in regards to this. I feel like now it's more athletes and it's much more powerful. But it's just, to me, it's like, I don't want to see y'all kneeling because he made an outlandish state. This man been saying outlandish things since he stepped into all before he became president. Yeah. Talk about grabbing pussy. So I don't understand how, I understand that now they want to come together, but I would have loved to have seen all of that beforehand. Um, and it makes me question, like, in future games, are they still going to be consistent with that? Or they just did it because he made this one outlandish comment. And then if he apologizes, then people going to start standing up. Mm, I don't know. We, I guess we won't know until next week. We're going to have to follow that. Yeah. And that... we damn sure will because this is just, it's just a very interesting time. It's damn. like we're divided as a nation, which is sad. But, I mean, it's either you stand on a side that really... Is what side you want to be on type joint. And yeah. I feel like we're we're all in a situation where it's just like we have this man in office that we don't like. I've never seen a president so disrespected in my life. 
And I'm just like, well, damn. Like, people have no respect for him. Like, LeBron was like, you bum. I was like, yo. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> you, you start your tweet with you bum. <laughs> to the president. I was like, wow. But it's facts, though. Like. I'm, I'm pretty sure he, that's. He had to like delete some words from that tweet. That <laughs> you bum was like the abridged version of the tweet. <laughs> he didn't delete you bum though. Yeah, he left that shit right in there, the beginning that. part. That joint got your whole attention. Yeah. But also, in terms of the athletes speaking out, there are also coaches as well. Um, everyone, I love the Warriors, by the way. Followed them throughout the season. They won a the championship. <laughs> but um, Steve Kerr, which I I really do like him as a coach. He's very vocal about these things. He's not like oblivious and. He wants his players to stay in their lane. He allows them to kind of do whatever they want, and I respect him in that in that regard. He had a press conference, and he spoke explicitly about it um, to kind of piggyback off of what Steph Curry was saying, but he was much more blunt about it. And he said, how about the irony of free speech? It's fine if you are a neo-Nazi chanting hate slogans, but free speech is not allowed to kneel in protest. No matter how many times a football player says, I honor our military, but I'm protesting police brutality and racial inequality, it doesn't matter. Nationalists are saying, you're disrespecting our flag. Well, you know what else is disrespectful to our flag? Racism. And one's way worse than the other. Damn. That's real. Yeah. I love that he came out and just said that because sometimes in these situations, you need like someone to be a leader, someone to come up and just basically just... I essentially open up the floodgates because he's speaking out and this I think will make other people feel more comfortable in speaking out and just speaking their truths or what they feel and at the end of the day I, I just want to touch base on what you said before about everyone's disrespecting Trump no one has respect for him I think that's just a function of him not having any respect no, for himself for and for other people yeah. and now it's just getting reciprocated and at this point, again, I still have my theory that he's definitely, he's trying to keep his base happy and he's trying to just do whatever he can to just get it to the point where they're going to impeach him, kick him out of office, and he could just be scot-free. But it's taking way too long for this impeachment, bro. Yeah. I need it to happen like yesterday. Yeah, facts. Because this is taking, it's like how, like, how many more things does he have to do for him to get impeached? Like, at this point, I just don't know. Like, he's getting a lot of passes. Like, way too many passes. And to me, I would have had anticipated more politicians or probably Republicans, like, speaking out about what he said pertaining to the athletes. Like, maybe one or two, but I just feel like every time he makes those statements, it's like several of them may make, they may be, disagree with what he said, but the rest of them is just like, okay, like, all right. You know, like, it's like, no. Like, at what point is this man going to be held accountable? And I, I just, it rattles my brain because when Obama was in office, it's like if he made a left, it was a problem. If he made a right, it was a problem. If he sneezed and coughed, it was a problem. And this dude is doing any and everything under the sun. And it's like he gets critiqued, of course, but it's just not on the same level. I feel like as Obama was receiving that in office and he was actually trying to bring us together and unite us and he was a face of change. I don't know what the hell Trump represents. His face, I don't, I don't even know what it looked like right about now. I don't represent change. I'll tell you that much. Damn. So, yeah. Speaking about just the government and all this divisiveness, everyone knows about the tragic event that took place in Charlottesville. And if you haven't heard episode 17 on what occurred there, definitely go check out 
that episode, we talk about the aftermath, what happened during and what led up to the, the Charlottesville rally. You can check it out on um, iTunes and SoundCloud. Yes. Rally slash riot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the rally was sparked due to the city of Charlottesville's plan to remove a statue of Robert E. Lee in what is now known as Emancipation Park. And since that day, the conversation and act of removing Confederate statues have increased. And just to give you guys like a few examples of this taking place, a plaque honoring a tree planted in Fort Hamilton, Brooklyn in the 1840s by Robert E. Lee was removed on August 16th. The tree was next to a church and the officials at the church said they received multiple threats after the plaque was taken down. Uh, protesters also pulled down a statue of a Confederate soldier in front of the Durham County Courthouse in Durham, North Carolina on August 14th. The statue, which had stood since 1924, was protected by special law. Um, on August 19th at Duke University, a statue of Robert E. Lee was removed from the Duke Chapel. A Confederate monument on George Island in Boston Harbor had been covered up as the state decided what it was to do with the monument. Um, the governor, Charlie Baker, a Republican, said we should refrain from the display of symbols, especially in our public parks, that do not support liberty and equality. Facts. Yeah. I mean, I'm sad it took 2017 to realize that, but facts nonetheless. Yeah. Rather later than never. Um, the president of the Bronx Community College, Thomas A. and I'm sorry if I I mispronounced this, Isen Kenby, mm-hmm. said the school would remove the bus of Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee from its Hall of Fame for Great Americans, and we'll definitely include the links in our show notes to the New York Times article, which speaks more about the many monuments and statues that have been removed already and are proposed to getting removed. That's deep. Um, so how do you feel about the Confederate statues and do you find them offensive and do you think they should be removed? Um, to be honest, I never really, I never really thought about the Confederate statues or what they really represented. When I saw the flag, it made me think of the South and it made me think of racism Mm -hmm. and like segregation, slavery, but I never really connected the, like the actual statues of those Confederate generals. Like, that never really came... Those, those thoughts never came to my mind until these conversations, like, about what happened in Charlottesville and then just finding out more of these statues were getting taken down. But I definitely can understand how people can see those and it just brings up those feelings of, I guess, resentment, sadness, fear, oppression, because these are statues of people that represented their oppression of their families or generations past. So I can understand where people are coming from saying they they don't want those statues and they want to see them taken down. But one thing I do want to say, I think in the situations where people have been vandalizing those statues and actually taking their own action to bring them down or just, again, vandalize them, I think that's uncalled for. I think it should be handled but through the appropriate channels. And I, I definitely support taking down those statues, especially you don't want and you can't tell people how they're supposed to feel about something and how it makes them feel. So if these if there are certain people who do feel a type of way about those statues going up and what it represents, I think you have to take their feelings into account and 
the states can make a call on a case-by-case basis. I also think, I mean, I, I'm indifferent to that. I don't think people vandalizing it or taking it down in their own rights is, like, disrespectful because I feel like the fact that they were up is disrespectful as long as they have been, you know, dust accumulating and crap. Like, it's just kind of like they should have been put down a long time ago. And I think why people feel the need to take action is because you ain't on the states how long it's going to take. I mean... I think it's interesting as to where we're at as a country in 2017. I feel like these these statutes should have been taken down a very long time ago. It shouldn't be happening now. It makes me question if, if Trump was not in office, would it, those statutes would have been taken down. You know, if Charlottesville did not happen and not become a thing, would it have led to, like, a kind of domino effect with other statutes being taken down? So, I don't know. I just feel like... If people want to vandalize and take it down, I feel like, okay, that's fine. Because the reality of them being up, I understand you're talking about respecting people's feelings or whatever, but your feelings or what you may consider your feelings towards having these statues up, it deprives a certain group of people and make them feel marginalized in the sense that this, by you having this person up, they represented something that, they represent something that is not inclusive of everyone. They represented um, divisiveness. So to me, them taking on a statue whether it's vandalized or they do it through appropriate channels it has to get down regardless of the fact because we have the question where we are as a country are we united as one under the flag or are we not are we divided so to me i, I particularly don't care as as long as it's down if you want to knock it down you want to cut it up whatever you want to do do it as long as it's removed because at the same time the fact that it's been up as long as it has shows a lack of respect for humanity, in my opinion. No, I, I definitely get where you're coming from, but at the end of the day, if you if you start telling people it's fine because they don't like it, they can vandalize it or bring it down themselves, then on the other side, people can do the same thing. You're just, you're just basically making acceptable for people to just take their own action. But, the other, start... but if there's any other statues that are up, I can't recall any other statues that are up that will represent, like say they had a statue of Obama that represent hope and change. You mean to tell me people, it's okay if they were to take that down because people took down a statue of Robert E. Lee who didn't represent hope and like, no, no, to no. me it doesn't, the, what may represent something positive and unite us as a country or represent some kind of change in some aspect in a good way, you, someone taking that down because they're in agreement to divisiveness is not okay. Now someone taking down a statue that represents divisiveness and racism or they partake in forms of racism that to me is is fine because where are we as a country? If we was back in the 1800s and there was still slavery going on, there wouldn't even be a, an Obama statue up. But it just say if that was the case and it was taken down, the context of that time maybe, but now like where we're trying to be progressive, I'm not sure how progressive we are with this man in office, but the fact that we're trying to be progressive, to me it's, I don't really see it. I get what you're saying, but I don't see it that way. Well, I just, I just think... I'm, I think it's fine to take the statues down, and I think it's great, but I just think if people start taking into their own hands, like a group of guys, girls, whatever, go and they take chisels and just start breaking statues' heads off. Now, what if people start going doing that to Obama statues, or people go to the African American Museum and just start vandalizing and destroying statues and things there because they don't they don't like it or whatever. I just But think their reasons of not liking it is embedded in racism. People that, taking on a statue of someone who represents racism is not embedded in racism. They're taking it down because 
they denounce that sis form of systematic oppression. So I don't I don't see where this is going. I mean, I'm sure you're gonna explain, but I just don't I don't get it. I just I think it's insane that if you think someone if you're just gonna say someone can just do something illegally and literally just start breaking shit on their own like just taking it to their own hand because you're just just you're gonna make it justifiable for people on the other side to do it i mean but reality speaking since we want to talk about what's justified and what other groups are doing like in terms of charlottesville you had white nationalists walking around with armed guns tiki torches if black people was doing that you think we would have survived that you think we can you think we would have been like it would have been like oh this is fine y'all can walk around with y'all guns y'all can walk around with y'all tiki torches it would have been a whole they probably would have brought in a whole military so to me i get what you're saying but when you flip it and put it in that context it wasn't okay for them to do what they did i don't care what anybody say and especially being that they was being violent so if black people was to come together like a form of the black panthers was to come and do something that emulated that it would have been like okay that's not that's not okay but they did it so if they did it, why we can't do it? I just two wrongs don't make a right. You're right. Two wrongs don't make a right, but them statues being up is not right at all, and they need to get down. But they they are being taken down all across the United they're States. They're happening because of a ripple effect of Charlottesville, and that's the reality of why they're being taken down. They weren't being taken down like progressively prior to Charlottesville, like heavily. But the whole point is that it doesn't matter. They're still being taken down. That's the whole point. But that's point. the thing with me. If they're still being taken down, whether it's vandalized or not, I particularly don't care. You, okay. on the other hand, it matters too. I get it. You like this, you know, this whole utopia ideology of, you know, and I get that. It's just me, on the other hand, just beyond different, of course, from you. I just don't feel, I don't see it being a big deal. So I'm Martin. You're Malcolm. <laughs> that's basically what it is. I don't know if my, Martin would agree with you so much, but okay. Something like that. You eat pork? All right, don't get fancy. <laughs> don't get fancy. But I do believe in that whole any means necessary kind of concept and ideology. So, But I, I see where you're going with that. I just think we agree to disagree on that. And um, just to kind of bring it back, do you think this is a step in the right direction? And if so, what can be done to take it to the next level? Um, I definitely think it's a step in the right direction because... The people who feel like those statues represent their oppression of their, their and their history, it, it shows that we're taking the steps in the right direction. Just that's just what it is. Like, people, oppressed people are finally, not finally because things have changed, things have gotten better. But I feel like these actions are huge that they're taking these statues down because they see the issues. In terms of next steps and what to do more the statues aren't killing anybody so that's that's one thing so i feel like again no they just represent hate the, that was a part of killing but continue i think the next step is to really look into doing something with the criminal justice system i think that's a huge a huge issue in our country um i think yeah i think that's where the biggest and most important thing um just these situations of police brutality and just the ridiculous clips of African Americans and Latino people who fill up the jails. Um, I think that taking actual reform and steps to change those systems, I think that's where the next steps need to become. The, the taking on the statues are a good sign, but again, 
I don't think the statues aren't killing anybody and the statues aren't tearing families apart and putting people in jail for crimes that their non-black counterparts are doing as well but not necessarily getting um not necessarily getting penalized for so I think that's where the next step is what about you um I, well I think your thought process is like super ahead which is great I think to start off with baby steps is like eradicate Columbus Day I don't see why we're celebrating this dude he traveled the world to discover something that was already there. Him and his crew was raping women left and right, particularly women of color. So I don't really see the premise of celebrating that day. Um, I think we need to eradicate it, like, completely. I, we, I feel like it's been in talks for years, like, oh, yeah, but why is it even still a thing? Like, let's, I mean, since we want to be progressive, we want to take down statues and all of that and get fancy, might as well um, eradicate that. And I think that's a baby step. I think that's a start. And then we can branch off and do more things in that pertains to that. What's up? A baby step? That's huge. That's I mean that's huge. that's a baby step. <laughs> you stupid. That's a baby step compared to police reform. That ain't happening anytime <laughs> soon, bruh. This that ain't happening. Like you real know. talk, they have body cameras and that joint still don't make a difference. I e Aragona, like you know what I'm saying? Like I get what you're saying, but it's like those are bait. Like that's huge. This removing like come on, some people don't even celebrate it. So to me, it's like that's not a huge thing to do. Like right now in 2017, maybe like four, five, six years ago, I would have said that's huge. Would you replace it with another holiday on no, the same day? Just You're, say nah, you, get you away think, with it. You think the the backlash that was received for taking down the Robert E. Lee um, statue in Emancipation Park was one thing? You gotta take away Columbus Day. Mace, Macy's will not. Macy's is not having that. They will with have the, to deal with, with it. the Columbus. Well, no. such is life, boo boo. Like, and, what's more and, important? No, no. Celebrating a man that really didn't do any, didn't really discover much that was already there, and what he did and what he participated in wasn't a form of unity or justice for all, for that matter. So, to me, it's like we got a question. Like, so, that's the problem is that we're so embedded in this like historical context of what we were, but we're in. That's not what we are now. Yeah. You know, we're, we're changing and we're transforming. And the only way that we can really combat racism and unite as a as a country is that we have to, like, really get rid of all of those historical things that played a part in that's so why we're divided. And I feel like Columbus Day is one of them. I don't see why we celebrate that day. I really don't see the premise of it. And we all know what he did for those of us who are woke and who actually read things about what he did. Um, not the little blurb they gave you in school like you did further research. Like, I don't see the point <laughs> of really celebrating this man. And I feel like if we're trying to move in the right direction, he doesn't need, that does not need to be a holiday. That does not need to be celebrated. So, no, no. And I, I, get, I definitely get where you're coming from with that. And I think that would be a huge step in the right direction. And if that were to happen, I think that would be amazing. So if we're talking about Columbus Day, what about Thanksgiving? I mean, I, that'll be, Yeah. I'll say take it take it to another step. Just I think Columbus Day will be a start, and then Thanksgiving will be the next thing. Listen, all I'm saying, if we're going to get rid of Thanksgiving, we got to just replace it with another holiday at the same time, the same premises, food, and just we can have it like a, a, a new 2017, 2018 revamped Thanksgiving. Like Thanksgiving Reloaded or something. Because... I mean, it'll be dope, but at the same time, it's still kind of... It's still a byproduct of what Thanksgiving was. So, I don't know. I think that mm. would be something to be fully eradicated as well. Do we really need that day? God darn it. Do you really need your turkey? Like, seriously, can you go without it? 
Yeah, for Celebrate sure. Celebrate on Christmas. For like, sure. I definitely could go without the turkey and the stuffing. I mean, if you want to be progressive and, and you, all right, so you're going into details about the menu? Yeah, <laughs> my mom be chefing it up like crazy. I'm sorry. She's, I love you, mom. She's the okay, best Okay, bring cook. it back sorry. to the premise of what Thanksgiving was. Confirmed. Got Confirmed. it. So um, I think that'll be, but I would think that's the next step. The best step will be Columbus Day, and then we move in that direction. But that's going to take a lot. No. And I don't think we're all there yet as a country. Like, I mean, look at with the whole NFL and the kneeling. Like, half of my timeline was watching the game. Some of them was black people, so that was a whole other situation. And the other half was protesting. Listen, it's not a situation because black people are watching football. I, that's just my opinion. But it's, it's a situation because the whole kneeling process is derived from how the way we're treated in this country, how we're marginalized in police brutality. So... We can't stand for that and say we're for it and we're, oh, yeah, we got to stand in solidarity. But then you're watching an organization that deliberately is not um, hiring Kaepernick because he took a nail as if he was beating women and he was out here drunk driving and doing half of the foolishness that some of these NFL players do. And it doesn't get the same recognition. And it really pisses me off that there are athletes who are wife beaters and we don't even go this hard for them. We don't go this hard about protesting about that. So you mean to tell me a woman's... You know, in terms of you treating a woman fairly and not putting her, your hands on her, is second best to a man nailing about police brutality. Like, we messed up as a country. So, to me, when I see black people, yes, I'm going to say it, that's watching the NFL, to me, you're a disgrace. Like, and I, to me, it's like y'all only going to care when it happens to your kid, when it happens to somebody you know. And it's the same thing what Emma Tell mother said, which I always think back. She was like, you know, I was, I was just me and my son and I was just working. We wasn't, like, involved in anything. Like, she wasn't really concerned about what was going on in terms of injustices. Until it happened to her, she started to understand. It shouldn't take for your brother, your sister, your daughter, or your son to die in the hands of police brutality for you to sit up here and say, oh, now we got to protest. And if that's how we're going to operate as a community, we're not going to get nowhere. So to me, if you can't do without football because you a thirst bucket, I have no respect for you. And I'm dead serious. And this, to me, it's disheartening because we can't talk about equality and this is our chance to actually make a difference. But people are so thirsty, like, oh, I'm focused on football. Then be focused on football. And then when somebody you know get shot or killed by the police, and Kaepernick was out here taking a nail for that, you going to still watch this organization? Yeah. I'm just saying, like, no, keeping no, it on I, it. I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. We have from. to start somewhere. And I feel like sometimes we get caught up in this. And, and honestly, the best way to make change is through capitalism. Show them. Show them where it hurts. Don't watch the games. Lower their ratings. They're going to feel it. And it's not solely about hiring. It's about them respecting us. The NFL is composed primarily of people of color, black people. And you mean to tell me y'all going to disown this one black dude because he nailed over something and everybody thinks it's about the flag? It's more than that. Okay. It is way more than that. And it's a conversation that needs to have. And I'm glad that more athletes are stepping up. Whether it's genuine or not, they're stepping and they're actually doing something because it's a conversation piece. And that's important. So if you want to be thirsty to be watching football because, oh, my God, I'm so caught up in football and I don't want to talk about politics, be thirsty and do that. But when you get pulled over by the cops and something happens to you or somebody you love, don't expect these protesters who are out there every day busting their butt on the ground actually participating in protesting against the NFL to stand up for you. Because it's like, how should they stand up for you when you wasn't even standing up for the rest of them? It's BS. And as a culture and as a community, we say we got to come together in solidarity. This is not solidarity. Y'all just thirsty to watch football? Like, you can't go without football? Like, so to me, as I said, and I'm going to keep it 100, I ain't throwing no shade for those of you who watching football. You a disgrace to me. <laughs> Straight up. Damn. 
I don't know. I just think I get where you're coming from. And me personally, I haven't been following the NFL at all this year since the whole kneeling situation happened. But I just think if you're going to talk about solidarity, you can't just cut off everybody who basically says they're... Because they're not doing what you think they should be doing. It's, oh, cut off, done. You guys are disgraced. We don't need you. It's not about doing what you think you should do. This is where we're at as a country. Y'all, like, to me, I don't like that comment, and I get annoyed. We have this man as our president who is a racist and a bigot, and he got the vote of people of color and 54% 54 of white women, and he was out here grabbing vaginas. Like, he has no respect for anybody. So this is where we're at. We look like a complete joke around the world. People can't take us seriously. So that's Exhibit A. And he's the same when I was preaching law and order during his whole campaign trail. Law and order means what? Controlling the black community and taming us as if they're not doing enough of that already with they stopping Frick's crap. Even though they say it's out, they still kind of doing it low key. So to me, this is our chance to step up and actually make a difference. When are we going to make a difference the next time? And honestly, when these protests happen throughout, especially Black Lives Matter, not all black people are on board. So to me, it's like I'm sick and tired of black people, some of them getting a pass because they don't want to participate in a protest. But let your ass get shot and killed. You're going to want somebody to stand up for you. I haven't experienced police brutality heavily like that. I've had some encounters. I'm not going to front, but like heavily like that. And to me, I just don't appreciate that. I, I, I haven't, you know, I, I wasn't shot by a cop. I don't know someone who directly, but I don't have to go through that to sympathize and partake in those protests. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's like, why is it people like me are standing up, partaking these protests, and then you got other people that's like, oh no, I don't want to do that. I think the next time go around, I'm gonna do it. Oh yeah, I don't want to do that too because that means that's that's football. And then no, I can't do that because then that means I can't go here. Like it's like it's too many like stipulations as to why you not protest. If all our previous ancestors and leaders talk like that, you think we would be here now? Definitely not. Okay, so why is it that the people now get a pass because, oh, they don't want to participate? It's not to me. It's about you actually standing up for something. And this is the time for you to actually do something. And if you ain't going to do it now, when you plan on doing it? Because some of these people who are watching the NFL and who's thirsty to watch these games, they're not out here protesting the street for anything else. So at what point are you going to step into the play and actually do something? Why is it that some black people have to fight constantly fight and protest for the rest of the black people that makes no sense to me and that's not fair so i'm supposed to go out here and protest write letters to my senators and vote while some of y'all get to sit back relax and chill and be like oh i don't want to partake in that listen that at the end of the day no one's making you do anything it's not about making me do anything but we have to to me it's like if we was in a different time where i felt like there was equality among us all and we weren't being targeted in some aspects. I would think it. I would think indifferently. But the reality is, we're not living in a different time. And I just don't. I get what you're saying, and I get that you on this whole utopia thing. And it's like some people could do it, some. But it's like we're living in a serious time. Like these cops are getting off of cases that they don't deserve to get off of cases for. And it's not fair. It's not fair that the prison industrial complex is composed mostly of black people for minimal crimes. Like you had the white dude who raped the black. Who raped the white girl behind the dumpster. He didn't even do time because his parents wrote a note to the judge. If he was black, dude would have been in jail for like 10 years. We got to stop with that whole, come on, it's not a big deal. Let it go. Like, some of us don't have to protest. Some of us do. I don't like that because it's not fair that Kaepernick put his job on the line 
for practically all of us, and some of us won't even nail with him, and some of us won't even sacrifice not watching NFL for a season. Listen, I think you're focusing your energy in the wrong place. You're focusing on people who aren't doing what you think they should be doing. And if you want to be realistic, throughout history, I guess throughout American history, not every single black person was on board with the movements and trying to get freedom and equality. It's never been 100%. But yet they benefited from it, though, when okay, it happened. but that's just what it is. But that's not fair. That doesn't make sense. Life so isn't fair. So I go out and protest and partake in all of these activities. I generally like to protest. I'm, a, I'm an activist at heart. Okay. Because I don't want to sit back, relax, be complacent. Because that didn't get us anywhere. So people like me who participate in these activities is okay. And people like you who may not want to participate in activities is going to be- reap the benefits. That's how it's always. Now to me, I'll be fine with it if the ones who are protesting reap the benefits and the one who didn't, didn't reap the benefits. I'm like, hey, y'all stay in y'all corner because y'all didn't want to protest. I'm not saying you have to do it only through the NFL way of not watching the game. But those people who are watching it, they're not protesting in any other facets. They're not you doing don't anything know else. That. You're just making that assumption. That's and that's. I'm, I'm not making an you, assumption because I what, do. No, I'm not making an assumption. I these are people on my timeline. I'm not speaking about a whole general. There are people no. on my timeline that I see, and they don't really do anything when it comes to protesting. But you said black people who watch NFL. If you're watching NFL, you're a disgrace to me because you should not be watching them, and you should be doing the protests and. Again, you don't know what they're doing. All you're saying is you're well, making... Well, specifically to the black people that are on my timeline that okay. I see. So I'll make you. it more specific. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, for that's everyone. fine. No worries. So the ones that are on my timeline, because I could have sworn I said that, the ones that are on my timeline that I see that are not doing anything, those are the ones I'm talking about. Okay, awesome. I'm glad we got that cleared up. Next topic. <laughs> okay. I think we. I think we need a reset. You good? <laughs> I'm fine. You sure? Positive. This, we agree on. to disagree. Oh, there's some steam coming out of your ears. Let me just get that out of there. <laughs> so we're going to segue into our next topic where Pierre speaks primarily about wellness. And um, so tell us what your thoughts are on that. I think it's ironic that we, we just had to reset just now because that's actually what I wanted to talk about this week. Um i personally been dealing with a lot of stress lately with my work-life balance, or better yet, lack thereof one, which I know a lot of people can relate to, and I think you can relate to that as well in some, sometimes. Um, what that looks like for me, it's like I haven't been sleeping, I've been stress eating, and for me that's carbs, like some pad thai, Italian food, ramen, like just heavy carb food, I love that. Um, and I've just been kind of getting out of communication with my loved ones. But worst of all, I feel like I haven't been showing up for people the way I, ha- I I know I can each day. Because my life has pretty much always been about just supporting people and just helping and just giving back. And it's selfish because I do that because it feels good. It feels amazing. Like we talked about in our in one of our previous episodes about volunteering and how you get joy and you feel good by doing that so me just being a support and a stand for people it it i love it it just fuels me um so with that being said like i'm on a reset right now and that's the beauty about life no matter where you are at any given moment as long as you're alive your heart's beating you can make a decision to turn any and all situations around and that's where it starts the making the decision part 
feel like a lot of times people are hoping, people are wishing their situation will change when real change comes from making that decision, deciding like it's not going to be the same anymore. And from that point on, taking the actions consistent with those decisions that you want, that's what's going to make those changes. And for me personally, for my personal reset that I'm on right now, I've gone back to just doing my daily meditation to help me keep my mindfulness, keep me present. I've just been eating more real foods like fruits and vegetables opposed to just pigging out on the junk food. And I've just been working to like look at life from a different perspective on a daily basis. Because at the end of the day, we get to choose how we how we look up at, at things. We can put the the negative spin on it, or we could look for that silver lining in every situation. And that's just how I, I'm going about my life. And I kind of got away from that. And with this reset, I'm getting back on it. Because life's a roller coaster, and there's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. There's going to be problems around every corner just waiting to just sneak up on you. But you have the opportunity to look at it from a different perspective. And I think that's that's just a powerful thing just the way you go about go about it so how about you Keith? is there any areas in your life you feel like you could use a reset right now uh no not really um i mean i go about things differently i think for me and i mentioned in a previous episode when i'm really stressed out and i know i reached a limit i get a lot of migraines so that alerts me that i need to kind of of course do more self-care which is going to the gym mm-hmm. um before i work out i always run like um, three to four miles. It just, to me, it's like a warm up, but it's like when I run, I get great ideas and mm. I feel much better for that matter. And also, like meditation, journal writing, I'm really big on that. Um, so I kind of continue with those habits, but that's when I know I need to kind of step back and reset. But to me, it's that's when it gets to that severe point. I guess my question to you is like, how often do you think someone should reset within a span of a year or like a couple months? So I think that's a good question. We as humans, we have like these habits and routines that we do, whether they're good or bad. And I think when it comes to just resetting, it, it all really depends on that that person. Because for me, I know the, the way I want my body to look. I know how I want to show up in the world when I'm going to work, when we're recording our podcast, when I'm hanging out with my friends. And I haven't been that guy. I've been like rude anti just fun and just my energy really? yeah my, wow <laughs> my energy surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah literally and I, I genuinely think i have two i think everyone has it everyone has like that sleep deprived stressed out version of themselves i've seen that version of you it ain't pretty it definitely is you're not cranky as hell when yeah. you sleep deprived it and i've been sleep deprived for a while now and, and like on your menstrual times too damn it's no it, shade i'm just keeping it <laughs> i've seen you sleep deprived and, and i was like who this dude talking to and that's the thing and i i don't like that version of myself and that's why I got really present to the fact that I was just getting into old bad habits, old routines that I was I did when I was I guess in a different part of my life and that's what triggered me to get this reset. It's like, all right, no matter what's happening, the next day I kinda just said, Listen, going to the grocery store, getting some good food in my kitchen, I'm going to sleep, there's no 
if ands or buts. I'm not gonna go hang out with my friends, go party. I know what I'm committed to, how I'm committed to showing up and being in the world, and I gotta just take the actions consistent with that. And it feels good. Fuck, I'm back. <laughs> yes. I'm back, baby, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it all depends on each person. Each person knows what, how they want to be, how they want to show up, what's important to them. And if you really take a look in the mirror and just evaluate what you want for your life, if you see it's not consistent with, if the reality isn't consistent with what your thoughts about it are, that's the opportunity to say, hey, something's off. I need to start tweaking some things, making that decision and taking the actions consistent with those decisions. Because... If you're not taking the actions afterwards, it really means nothing. No, it's true. It's very valid. And I think it's important that you talk about balance in social life and work. And I think that's hard for people. Um, and you work extensive hours, so I know it's kind of difficult to fit that in. But do you feel like, you know, with that whole concept of balance and work and a social life, do you feel like you're like a hamster on a hamster but always trying to like catch up to that and it's like you never reach have you ever reached a point where it's like you balance it like not perfectly but semi close to it where it's like, all right, this is working? Um Yeah. I feel like I feel like I've had times where like it's I'm just flowing, work is good, I'm hanging out with my friends, but then I'm also like getting my sleep, I'm hitting the gym, I'm getting that good nutrition in. Um but I think there's, we have so many distractions and so many things that we could do, especially living in New York City. Yeah. There's so many conflicting things going on. So if you're committed to focusing on your health, but you also love hanging out with your friends, mm -hmm. you're just always going to find things to do that are just conflicting yeah. like i love being around my friends i love grabbing a drink with them catching up seeing how they're doing and just hanging out laughing making jokes but then that can conflict with i know i'm gonna have a long day of work and i can't stay out late so it, it's like i have to make that yeah. choice so i think like what you said it's about that balance really getting present to what's most important to you and then just just committing yourself to that and I think when you you'll get those the best results with that when the people in your life the people that you're spending time with their cons the way they view their life the way they go about their life is consistent with what you're trying to do because if you're trying to have a good time go out party go out to nice dinners that might conflict with someone who they're about waking up early going to the gym and and getting housework done in the morning. So it's all about, I think, finding that community that works with you and finding people in your life that are consistent with what you're trying to do. And that makes it that much easier so you can have that balance, opposed to just having a lot of conflicting things. And for me personally, I had to let go of certain people and certain things that I've done in the past because it just wasn't consistent of where I see myself going with my future. and. It's tough, but I think in the end, that's what's going to get that real happiness because there isn't that internal conflict. Like, you know what you want. You know how you want your life to be, and things are just flowing. All right, now. Coach Pia dropping gems, y'all. Hope y'all listen up closely. 
So that's going to be the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow us for our latest updates on Instagram at underscore unapologetically underscore different. You can reach us at Twitter at unapologetic two underscores D. And you can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes by searching unapologetically different. Definitely hit that subscribe button, like an episode, and leave a comment. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.